It's Friday, November the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a worrying new COVID variant and a migrant death blame game. First, the world in brief. England halted flights from several South African countries after a new COVID-19 variant with a quote, very unusual constellation of mutations was detected. Fewer than 100 cases of the strain, which may yet be named new, have been officially recorded. However, there are early signs that it may already be outcompeting the Delta variant in parts of South Africa. Governments, concerned by its possible high transmittability, called for an urgent meeting with the World Health Organization on Friday. The news spooked Asian stock markets, which fell markedly. Recriminations started to fly after 27 migrants drowned in the English Channel on Wednesday. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson called on France to take back any migrants that attempt the sea crossing. The French Interior Minister said five suspected smugglers had been arrested, but that other countries could do more to help stem the flow. Nearly 26,000 migrants have made the trip so far this year, more than triple last year's total. Meanwhile, the Italian Coast Guard rescued almost 300 migrants from an overcrowded boat in the Mediterranean. The vessel was struggling in rough seas 14 miles from the coast of Lampedusa, an island off Italy's southern coast. The number of migrants attempting to reach Italy, and thus Europe, by boat, has increased sharply in recent weeks. At least 52 people, including six rescuers, were killed in a coal mine accident in Siberia. Coal dust in a ventilation shaft caught fire, engulfing the mine with smoke. Rescue operations were suspended after rising methane levels increased the chance of an explosion. In 2016, Russian authorities had deemed 34% of the country's 58 mines as potentially unsafe. Bloomberg reported that Chinese regulators have asked DD Global to delist from the New York Stock Exchange because of fears of sensitive data leaking. They are proposing that the Chinese ride-hailing giant go private or float its shares in Hong Kong. DD had listed in June despite pressure from authorities not to do so. The European Medicines Agency, the European Union's drug regulator, recommended the use of a COVID-19 jab made by Pfizer-BioNTech for children aged 5 to 11. They would be given one-third of the dose that those aged 12 and older receive. Distribution of the jabs will probably begin around December 20th, as a fourth wave of infections in Europe threatens to provoke new restrictions before Christmas. Thousands of protesters marched through Khartoum, Sudan's capital, to demand the restoration of full civilian rule. The Prime Minister, Abdullah Hamdok, was deposed in a coup by the army on October 25th. Those marching on Thursday denounced the recent deal to restore Mr Hamdok to office while sharing power with the military officers who led the coup. Fact of the day. 30 minutes. The time it took Chinese censors to remove Peng Shui's essay accusing a former member of the party's most powerful body of sexual assault. 
and editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our shows and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. And now here's today's agenda. Back in the black. Last year on Black Friday, the annual shopping bonanza that follows Thanksgiving, many Americans avoided bricks and mortar shops because of COVID-19. According to the National Retail Federation, 44% more people than the year before shopped only online. This year, many are ready to go back to the malls. The NRF expects that 2 million additional Americans will shop this weekend, with growth in both e-commerce and in-store sales. Months of problems with supply chains, however, have sparked fears about shortages of popular holiday gifts. Unusually high inflation has pushed up prices. The University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index, which measures how Americans feel about economic conditions and prospects, dropped to its gloomiest level in a decade in November. Nonetheless, shoppers are shopping anyway. Retail sales increased for the third month straight in October, and better-than-expected quarterly earnings from retailers such as Macy's have made analysts optimistic. Chains such as Walmart swear that inventory is plentiful. Black Friday may not be as bleak as feared. Grand Projects in India's Biggest State India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi stood hand-in-hand on Thursday with his saffron-robed junior, Yogi Adityanath, Chief Minister of Uttar Pradesh. The pair were breaking ground on what will become the world's fourth-largest airport, startling global airport watchers. Few had noticed Jua, 90 kilometres from Delhi, where six new runways are to unfurl. Still, the sights of Messrs Modi and Adityanath presiding over a grand project in the country's most populous state is becoming familiar. For Uttar Pradesh, 220 million souls and growing, votes early next year. The Hindu nationalist duo are keen to prove that their five years of consolidated control has transformed it. They have other infrastructure to flaunt. The country's longest expressway should be completed by year's end. Also, monuments to Hindu self-assertion, in Mr Modi's constituency of Varanasi, they will unveil the Republic's first grand temple expansion in more than 70 years. All this while the Prime Minister races to rebuild the National Mall. Mr Modi will himself be seeking re-election in 2024. Corporate Japan Resists Change Japanese hostile corporate takeovers are exceedingly rare, something that has been blamed for too many companies being governed by stagnant old boards. They will remain so after Shinsei Bank, a regional lender, blinked in a game of corporate chicken on Wednesday. The company withdrew its quote, poison pill defence against the takeover bid by SBI Holdings, a financial conglomerate. 
the defense would have tried to dilute SBI's shares in the bank to prevent the takeover. It was due to be voted on in an extraordinary shareholders meeting, now cancelled on Thursday. Shinsei's management said that its concerns about the rights of minority shareholders had diminished. The change of heart followed local media reports that the government would use its own 22% stake in Shinsei, the relic of a distant bailout, to vote against the poison pill. The relaxation of hostilities avoids an awkward situation for the government, which is no longer forced into taking a public stance on a clash between two companies. Honduras's test of democracy. The outcome of Honduras's presidential vote on Sunday matters. For Hondurans, who seem most likely to elect the opposition candidate, Xiomara Castro, it is a test of democracy in a region where it is being eroded. The elections in 2017 were deemed fraudulent by many and led to protests. Some fear that the ruling National Party of President Juan Orlando Hernandez will try to meddle in the result. Other countries, especially the United States, will be watching closely too. Under Mr Hernandez, it could count on Honduras' cooperation to extradite suspected drug traffickers. But Mr Hernandez has simultaneously been accused of aiding narco barons at home. His brother is behind bars in the United States for trading drugs. Would Miss Castro be any better? Not obviously. She is seen by many as a front for her husband, former President Manuel Zelaya. When Mr Zelaya was in power, he counted supposedly socialist regimes such as Venezuela and Cuba among his allies, and many fretted he would try to emulate them in Honduras. Footnotes Our science correspondent on dark skies Brighter skies may cast a long shadow. This week, Alok Jha, one of our science writers, considered the problems associated with having too many satellites in orbit. They threaten to transform the appearance of the night sky and hinder the practice of astronomy. Dark skies are essential for astronomical observations. The naked eye might not see satellites clearly, but when one passes through the view of a sensitive telescope, it leaves a streak of light that erases all data behind it. As this paper in the Astrophysical Journal Letters explains, huge clusters of sunlight-reflecting satellites, known as megaconstellations, could have dire consequences for those trying to study celestial objects from the ground. In the next decade, up to 100,000 of these satellite constellations could be launched into low Earth orbit. These reports by the ESO, an intergovernmental research organisation, and Nature Astronomy, a journal, provide detailed overviews of the potential impact of mega constellations. While space is huge, low Earth orbit is finite. The rapid increase in satellite population would, bluntly, crowd low Earth orbit with pollution. Satellites eventually lose function, and the material from them will re-enter Earth's atmosphere. This article in Scientific Reports, a journal, addresses the environmental impact.
Follow Alec on Twitter for more. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Norbert Wiener, who was born on this day in 1894. Progress imposes not only new possibilities for the future, but new restrictions. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.